Welcome to Your Mom Has a Blog Podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. And I am Melissa Edgington. All right. We're on day 26 of the 31 for 31 challenge. We are nearing the end of this marathon. We are. And uh, I think sometimes we feel as though we've run out of things to say. Yes. But you know what I always find is true? Well, you always think of things to say. <laughs> there's, there's always something else you can say. There's no limit to the things that Chad Edgington can say. <laughs> God has, what's my spiritual gift? You know what it is? Gift of gab. I've got the spiritual gift of gab. (laughs) And I tell people, I say, you know, if you want to be a preacher, you probably ought to have the gift of gab. Or otherwise you'll be too wise. Like if everything you said when you opened your mouth was pure gold, I don't know if people can handle it. (laughs) That's why I'm basically pumping out lots of tin. (laughs) Lots of aluminum. And occasionally a little nugget of gold. Well, this is why I need you on this podcast. This is why we're a good team because you never run out of words. Well, but sometimes, you know, that's what what people don't hear is that our podcast is not always done perfectly. But since we don't do it live, we can stop it and rewind it. Um, I think people can still hear that we don't do it perfectly. That's true. It just could sound a lot worse because sometimes we're just staring at each other. You'll say something and I'll be like, hmm. I guess let me rewind that. Or one of us will say something and the other one will say, well, now we have to stop it and erase that. Yeah, usually that's me saying something inappropriate. <laughs> we have to go back and find a place where we can get back in. Sound like it's a natural conversation. And then my feelings are hurt because Melissa just told me that I was a bad boy. And so if you, so if you ever hear like, wait, the podcast just, the tone just changed dramatically. It's because we had a little fight and then we had to continue the podcast. I, I think for the most part, we have managed to do this without fighting. Yeah. But, but a yeah. few nights have been less fun than others. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Why can't you just sit down and do a podcast like everybody else that's normal every night for a month? <laughs> oh, we're the only people doing that? Okay. No, I'm sure there is. Al Mohler does a daily podcast. Yeah. All him. I know. And it sounds intelligent and written out. Really intelligent. Yeah. And there's got to be a balance to that. There's got to be an other side to the intelligent podcast. And so we're the other side. We fill the void. <laughs> we don't want every podcast in your life to be all... Highbrow, serious, you know, with decent content, so overrated. Our goal is to be super approachable and superficial. <laughs> no, we don't want to be that. Yeah, we do just want to be real. We just want to be real. We just want to be authentic and in our own way, just kind of like missionally authentic in a surreal, random way. <laughs> Oh, yeah. my goodness. Well, um, we had a neat day. Was it yesterday? yesterday? Well, we already talked about yesterday. Remember, we podcasted yesterday. Oh, we did. Did we talk about that you were featured on Chally's? Oh, no, we didn't I don't think we did, that. which no. is weird because we should have talked about that. So you had an article that was picked up by Chally's.com. Yeah. And so that one seems to have some legs. To use a show business turn, term. <laughs> so apparently The Greatest Showman is a leggy movie. Did you know that? Have you read that? Leggy? It's leggy. What does that mean? 
uh, there are certain movies, and I guess there are certain blogs that have legs. Oh, right. Oh, that kind of legs. Some you put up, and they don't really go anywhere. Right. But some you put up, and they just kind of go and go and go. Your most famous leggy blog is called God May Not Have a Wonderful Plan for Your Life, which somehow seems every, would you say about every six months, to anger a whole new segment of the atheist population in the United States of America? I would say so. That post gets hits every single day. Yeah. So crazy. It must be something where they're looking... I mean, it must come up on Google when you type in, does God love me? Does God... <laughs> cause I'm, it must. Does God have a plan for or, my life? Or does God not like me? I, can you imagine what people just looking for Christ type into Google? Well, you know, WordPress will tell you what Google searches people use to get to your blog. You have some weird ones, right? And it is crazy. Yeah. Some of the stuff that leads people to my blog. Yeah. People that are searching for really bad stuff. And they wind up reading your mom has a blog? Yeah. Well, they I don't know if they read it, but they land there somehow. Yeah. Mm. So the, this was a, uh, uh, I, think an, I think it was an important, timely um, blog. We are Southern Baptists. We're not ashamed that we're Southern Baptists. It's been a couple of interesting weeks to be Southern Baptist. You might even say there have been some scandals and we've been in the news a little bit more. And a lot of it has been sort of uh, the commentary is basically the Me Too movement or the, or the Southern Baptists are having a Me Too moment. Maybe you could even apply that to the greater evangelical world, especially in the South, is kind of coming to terms with there's just some things you don't say. Maybe there's some attitudes that we need to evaluate and see if maybe though our 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 culture might be or our attitudes and our ways of thinking might be in line with the culture maybe even an antiquated culture they're certainly not in line with the bible do you agree with that Mm -hmm. and so your your blog though was speaking sort of to another kind of speaking to women saying you know if if we're going to get on, well, I mean, you can you characterize the blog. Let me see how this is how I read it. That if 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 we're upset about these things that men are doing and thinking and saying, and we're having a moment where we're saying, you guys can't talk like that anymore. Are we still talking like that about each other? If we're telling men you can't objectify women and only look at their outward appearance, are we still guilty of doing that as women? Right. So what what made you kind of jump into that? Well, what inspired the post was the royal wedding last weekend. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it was televised worldwide. Of course, I think um, millions and millions of people watched that wedding. And then there were reactions on the internet to the wedding, and there was just a lot of negativity about Meghan Markle's appearance, mm. about her makeup, about her dress, you know, people that just were disappointed, I guess, with how she was made up for the day. Mm. And,. That was really what inspired the post because I thought, you know, here we are, women, who are so up in arms about the way men talk about us Hmm. as if we are nothing more than an outer shell to be um, evaluated based on appearance. And yet we do the same thing to each other Hmm. every single day. And so it's it's a bigger problem than just on the male side of the population was kind of the point of the post. 
that men are valuing women based on their physical appearance, but many times women place too high of a value on that as well. Yeah, and I think it's maybe even more grievous in women because we know what's inside of a woman. Yeah. We know there's so much more than the outward appearance, and yet we constantly talk about women as if all that matters is what's on the outside. Mm. So kind of uh, going around a little bit, and we'll see uh, what kind of reaction I'll post a link to that uh, to that article. Yeah, interesting. So you guys can see it if you haven't read it yet. Interesting, though, that thrown out there uh, into the blogosphere. So good job there. Well, tonight's topic. What, what, what is our topic tonight? So, of course, we're doing 31 things to teach your kids in 31 days. And we're already on number 26, which is teach your kids... What an authentic Christian life looks like. Mm. This one's a this one's a big deal. Yeah. Um, so of, of the thirty one things that we talk about, there are some that I would put way up at the top of the list. This isn't any. We haven't really done these in any kind of order of importance or anything. Right. They're just yeah. kind of we brainstormed a list and went through the list and kind of have added to it or taken away from it things like that. And I'm not sure you could probably think of 50 things that you want to teach your kids. And there's all sorts of, uh, within each one of these topics, I think they're broad. But this one probably is one of the broadest of all, is that, you know, if we're supposed to be walking in a manner worthy of our calling, there may not be a more important place to walk in that manner than in front of your children and with your children. Exactly. That we, want, we want to raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Uh, we're told uh, as children, children, obey your parents uh, in the Lord, for this is right. And so the way that they know that they're, they're obeying in the Lord is they have to have someone living out an authentic Christian faith right in front of them. So, And we're not talking about living out perfection in front of them. That's not what this is. This is not being perfect, never messing up, not sinning. Because there are no perfect Christians. But there are Christians who are Christians even in their failure. And they, you know, we grow. Yeah. And I think if your children see you growing in your faith, making mistakes, saying you're sorry, doing better, uh, uh, you know, in, in your pursuit of Christ, being more zealous in your pursuit of Christ than you were yesterday... That's the kind of thing we're talking about. It's too easy when you are part of the church to say all the right things without really living like you believe those things. And that is the Christianity that we've produced in America in the last 50 years. Mm -hmm. That Christianity that puts on this pretty outward appearance, but inside is, is... vacuous it's you know, just empty that's a scary thing too when you're a pastor and i and i guess the best way you address this is through pulpit and conversations and maybe your own life but there's always a fear that you have as a pastor that that your people what if they're just faking you know what if they really don't believe this what if deep down this is not what they're living out yeah and it's disappointing when whenever you kind of discover when you pull back the curtain in someone's life, it's encouraging when you when the curtains pull back and you see, oh my goodness, these people are really Christ following. Yeah. 
but it's really disappointing when the curtain's pulled back in a crisis or, you know, in whatever, how, whatever manner in which you're ministering and you kind of see the real, here's who they really are. And you see that their priorities are not the priorities that a Christian has. Right. And that just kind of scares, scares you and makes you fearful. Um, I think it's scary to pull back the curtain on your own heart. Yeah, that's and, true. And evaluate yeah. how you're really living out your life. But kids are, you know, kids are famous for being truth tellers. You know, people always say, out of the mouths of babes. Mm-hmm. Kids are so perceptive. And they listen much more closely to how they see us living than what we say. And they know if what we're saying is not matching up to how we're actually living. Right. And that I think that can be very spiritually damaging. And especially so if if P, if their parents are putting on a front out in public and then behind closed doors they're abusive. Yeah. Or they're just mean or they're so overcome with all of these things that have to do with a lack of faith and a lack of trust in God. And I mean, it can be, I think, very confusing for kids. And certainly even to a lesser extent. Um, I mean, those are serious issues. But then if you've got a, a situation where they're living an authentic, an inauthentic, un, would it be inauthentic? Is that the right word? To say non-authentic, what is the word? Yeah. Inauthent- inauthentic? I don't know if that's a no, word or whatever not. Whatever it is. But you know what we mean. Yeah. They're not being real, y'all. Hey, this is not all Moeller's podcast, right, okay? That's right, right, right. We can make up words. But if the, but if you're being, <laughs> but if, if the kids are observing a hypocritical Christian life, the worst thing that they could learn is to live a hypocritical Christian life. But that's probably what they're going to pick up. Right. They're probably not going to think their parents are doing anything wrong. They're just going to say, oh, yeah, we're, we're Christian. Yeah, and it doesn't really affect the rest really of our life. It doesn't really mean anything. We just kind of say we're Christian. We go to church every Sunday. We know how to say Jesus five times in Sunday school, and it's the answer to all the questions. And then we go and we, and, and then we go and we, we pursue our, our priorities and, and our heart's desire yeah. rather than, than having our hearts uh, conform to, to Christ's heart and living out what his heart desires. Right. So they learn that. And then there's other just kind of, you know— Your faith affects every area of your life, and your kids, you know, or or every area of your life maybe is some sort of a reflection of your faith. Right. For example, if you cheat on your taxes, if you don't pay your bills, if you're uh, stealing from somebody, if you're lying to people, if you're if you're if your kids are watching you and you're they're seeing all these, you know, things in your life, you're like, well, I'm a great Christian. You know, I, I, we, we're a Christian family. We really want to be a Christian family and want to have a good witness to our kids. And you're doing some great things. I mean, you're talking a good Christian talk and you're taking them to church. And then yet there's all these other compartments of your life, rooms of your heart, to go to that old tract. There's other rooms in your heart that are not where Christ is not permitted to go. Yeah. Then, you know, your heart is not Christ's home and you're not really... Um, you're not really showing those kids an authentic Christian life. You're showing them a life that's not authentic. And again, that's damaging. Even if you're doing, you know, that's kind of more of a double-minded type person. The double-minded right. man is unstable in all his ways. The double-minded man teaching his kids about Christianity is going to teach them a very unstable Christianity. Yeah. Because they never know, okay, is this Christian mom or is this is this the Christian-minded mom I have who really does want to follow the Lord? Or is this the mom that's always covering her bases by telling lies and stealing and 
putting people down and doing whatever. Right. You know, or the dad doing the same thing. So it's, we've got to walk with integrity. That's so hard. And I'm not saying that, that I even do that. Um, but it's got to be our, our aim and our desire. Yes, but, but not in, in a great byproduct of living an authentic Christian life is that you're teaching your kids how to live an authentic Christian life. But that's not why you would seek to do it. Or that's not why it would be your goal to live an authentic oh, yeah, Christian yeah, yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because it's the best way to live. And we want to know Christ more. And teach our kids the best way to live. We want to know Christ more, and we want to obey him more. There should be a continual trajectory of moving closer to Christ the longer we walk with him. But I would say it could be a goal to live that authentic Christian life in front of your kids because of the warnings Jesus gave about, like one of your goals should be to walk with integrity in front of your children in, in, in your faith. Because he said, if anyone leads these little ones astray or causes them to stumble. Right. Like a big part of our life ought to be thinking, I do not need to cause my kids to stumble. So I says, fathers, and I'm terrible at this one. I kind of take pleasure sometimes in exasperating my children. But we're not supposed to exasperate them, especially to the point where they just say, all the stuff you stand for is garbage. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, I Maybe I, I – mean, what, what do I – what would you say? I poke at my kids? What would you say? Am I actually exasperating them? I don't think so. Eh, maybe every now and then. But, you know, my kids are little, but you don't want to exasperate them. I mean, everything needs to be done with that consistent Christian. I mean, I really, here's, I just want to be, and I and I hope this would be your heart too, Melissa and listeners. I mean, we just want to be steady and WYSIWYG. You know what WYSIWYG is? WYSIWYG? WYSIWYG. No, I don't know that. What you see is what you get. <laughs> <laughs> there are internet editors called WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. WYSIWYG. WYSIWYG. Edi- WYSIWYG <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> so, yeah, there's WYSIWYG editors. Where, I where thought you... you were trying to say Fezziwig. Well, I love – he was great too. Fezziwig was so great. Yeah. We could make it our goal to be like Fezziwig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you so, all remember Fezziwig from A Christmas Carol? Yeah, he, he was, was a jo- jolly character. Yeah, he was the, the, the good influence in Ebenezer's life. He was. But WYSIWYG is – when you're doing some computer programming and the way what you see as you're editing is the exact way it's going to look on your website. Yeah. Okay. So so we so whenever we're trying to find an internet company that we can do our website on at church, they'll advertise it as a WYSIWYG editor. Nice. Okay. So I think we need to be WYSIWYG Christians. Right. Like that. There's not some kind of hidden thing going on that whenever you find out about it, you're like, ah, oh. you know. And so even in your weaknesses, I'd say be upfront with them. And your yeah. weaknesses and your struggles and not trying to hide something or, or uh, you know, keep something behind the, the curtain like Wizard of Oz or something is be honest. So these are the things I struggle with and I'm not – it's better to stand up and say I'm not perfect and I'm trying yeah. than, to, than to give off the air that you are, you know, some kind of superhero Christian. Yeah. And then you're really not. So this, that's probably pride go before the fall. You need to be hum- humble and kids need to see that. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it could very easily – uh, lead them astray. Can I read the the passage I preached on a few weeks ago? Please do. Okay, so in uh, in in Second uh, Timothy, in well, chapter I think it's chapter one. Let me, let me look over here. Um, oh man, will that be terrible if I can't find it? 
So Paul, oh yeah, here it is. It's it's one five. I I knew that and I wasn't looking at it. Uh, Paul says to Timothy, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, remembering your tears, I long to see you so I may be filled with joy. I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I'm convinced is is in you also. And so it's it's interesting that uh, Paul, when he's thinking of Eunice and Lois's faith, he says, uh, I recall that, that sincere faith that was first in them, and now it's in you. Mm. You know, the, the mother and the grandmother lived out that sincere, authentic faith in Christ in front of Timothy. And what was the result of Timothy living that way? This is where, when Paul was talking about Timothy, I think in Philippians, and he says, I've got nobody like Timothy. Mm. Nobody like him. Yeah. Now, of course, he was an associate of Paul. But, you know, I'm sure Paul, if he had great influence, it was not much greater than whatever his mother and his grandmother had had. Yeah. They were the ones that built up the sincere and authentic faith. And I think I've talked about th- these verses before, but they're so interesting. Um, in chapter 3 of Second Timothy, he says, Continue in what you've learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you, and you have known from infancy the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ. All scriptures inspired by God, profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. They need to see an authentic faith. And that kind of, you're not going to, probably no one listening will be in our Sunday school class tomorrow, wouldn't you say? So probably we can kind of not. spill some of the beans for tomorrow's lesson. I'd probably be fine. Okay, so we're saying <laughs> live your live out an authentic faith. And so what I've been studying today for our lesson tomorrow is the question, what is faith? How do you define faith? Yeah. And we do the uh, lessons called the Gospel Project. It's put out by Lifeway. And I thought, well, well, that's an interesting question. I'm I'm looking forward to asking that tomorrow in class and saying, if we're saying you need to have an authentic and sincere faith, I guess a real good place to start in that conversation, which we didn't, is to say, <laughs> somebody might say, what is faith? Hmm. What what is what am I supposed to sincerely have here? Yeah. And many times, people when they think of faith, they think of a virtue, like faith is something that, um, you know. You do. You exercise your faith. You keep believing. You know, I, you, you believe for it. That's the type of language that we have in the Christian world. You've yeah. heard, you know, just you got to believe God for this or I'm believing God for that. Yeah. Isn't that the way you've seen people use that term? Yeah. So they say, well, you know, well, I've got faith. I've, I've got, and I, and you know. If someone comes in and they say, I'm believing God, I'm believing God, I'm believing God for this. Oh, yes, I, I have faith. I believe God. You know, um, That's really not the kind of faith that we're talking about. The Hebrews 11 faith that is, uh, uh, well, it's, it's the words in the Home and Christian Bible are, I'm like really Southern Baptist today, like I'm giving all the, the what does it say in the NIV? It's like, I can't, I can think of the Home and Standard. It says it's the reality and the proof, but it's the, the, the assurance and the evidence, evidence. the assurance yeah. and the evidence. The, the Home and really 
is I think it's more true to the Greek. I looked up the Greek word uh, in the Greek dictionary for those words, and reality and proof really are the, the actual meaning of the word. Mm. So I was thinking of it like oh, your your hand holding out your hand, and it looks like your hand is empty, but if you say I'm holding on to God's promise, I'm believing, I'm confidently assured, um, assured and assuredly confident that what Jesus has done on the cross, his promise to me to save me, I, um, that, that I'm a new creation created in Christ Jesus for good works. I, I don't just, I'm not just believing that as, as, as a virtue or something I'm doing. I possess it. Mm. I possess that faith that I possess that confidence that I know that promise is true, that it's in my hand, even though I don't see it in my hand. Yeah. It's just as good as there. Hope that we, the word hope, in the New Testament does not mean hope the way we use it in 2018. Yeah. Hope is like this might happen or it might not happen. Right. But the hope that you have in Christ is a certainty. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you have a certain possession and proof. That's what the faith is in your life. That's, it's, faith is something that you possess uh, in your, and that you hold, you, you've got. Uh, and, it, and because you have that, it is life transforming. Mm. It's not just that you're trying to believe harder. Right. You you have the faith. The faith was given to you. This assurance this, that God's promises are true was not something that you worked up from within yourself to be a Christian. Right. It's a gift from God, lest any man should boast about it. Now, that's how we're saved, through that saving faith that comes from God. And he is the one that gives it, and he's the one that sustains it. And that, you don't lose it because it's his to begin with. And that very uh, righteousness of Christ that, you know, is in heaven, really. I mean, the righteous one, Christ is in heaven, and yet his righteousness is somehow imputed to us sinners here on earth to where we can possess confidently um, or have have a confident hope and a confident assurance that we are acceptable to God, that God is not mad at us, but that God loves us. Man, if you're walking around with that, possessing that truth, that reality and that proof uh, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that should, be, that should be so transformative. That should just captivate all of our thoughts and the direction of our life should be completely shaped by that. Is it? You know, uh, That's what kids are looking for. They're ultimately, when they get to a point... <laughs> They're going to be looking for people that are living with, that are living on purpose. Yeah. And man, isn't it, it would, would just break my heart and it's, and it's okay if it happens, but because God's going to do the deal with us each the way he, he deals with it. But, but don't let it be because of you, mom or dad, that your child doesn't really ever experience what it means to live a dynamic, authentic Christian life until they go off to college and they meet a college minister and his wife uh, or an intern or whoever, you know, wherever it is at a church, a pastor who's actually living that way. And they're like, Oh, this is what the Christian life is. I've always wanted to, I've been wondering like, was all this just nonsense that we were talking about at my church, which was Ichabod dead and nothing was going on. Yeah. You know, I think that's also, I'm saying that it's convicting to me. Make sure, Chad, you're being the kind of pastor who is passionate about obeying Christ and about living for Christ and loving people the way Jesus loves them. It would be a shame 
if people went somewhere else and they're like, oh. and a lot of times they go somewhere else and they, they jump onto a false Christianity that's, that's hopeless. I mean, don't sacrifice, you know, your convictions to try to just be excited about Jesus. It's not a cheerleading convention. But whenever people, see, when people see a Christian life, they know it. Yeah. I mean, there's a, I've always known the difference, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, whenever, whenever I think it's obvious. It's always obvious. Like that's, that person's a believer and that person says they're a believer. Right. There's a big difference between the possessor, as Ryan Bishop, seldom listener, says. There's a big difference between a possessor of faith and a professor of faith. Right. So, so faith is, we have faith as a gift from God. But the Bible also tells us that faithfulness is one of the fruit of the Spirit. And so maybe it is that we have faith that's a gift from God, and then we live with faithfulness because we're living like we have that faith. Yeah, and because faith, sola fide, you got your sola fide shirt, right? Don't yeah, you have one? I do. You pos- love it. You have a sola fide t-shirt. Yeah, I wear what it. What does that mean? I ab- wear it at least once a week. <laughs> what does that mean about you? If you have a soul, you're, you you and Martin Luther, y'all are just like this. We're buds. Yeah, you and Martin Luther. Do you have a Martin Luther shirt? No, but the, both of the kids do. They do? There's a really cool company called Little Reformers. Uh-huh. And they sell Martin Luther shirts for little kids. Sarah has one that has a picture of Martin Luther, and it says, it's hammer time. Oh, yeah. I've seen that one. (laughs) Where is it? He hasn't worn it in a while. It's in his closet. It's kind of a three-quarter length sleeve, so it's kind of warm for that right now. For the the fall. Yeah. And Emerald has one, too? No, Adelaide has one. And Adelaide has a Jonathan Edwards shirt. Yeah, she does. That's really cool. cool. Those t-shirts are so much cooler than... Oh, I know. And guys, I'm going to show you guys a company on Monday. I'm doing a post about a company that makes the coolest Christian t-shirts. It's like a billion notches above what we were wearing when we were in high school. So do they have God's gym? They do not have God's gym. Do they have no Jesus, no peace? They do not. And they don't have turn or burn or anything like that. <laughs> they don't have Jesus, the real thing? With no. the Pepsi logo? Their 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 logo. stuff is really clever. Like I have one that they make that has this cool like nineteen fifties looking camper on it and it says not home yet on it. Uh-huh. And it has a, a scripture reference. Oh. They're really cool. They're kind of a little more subtle, a little more, you know. Yeah. I, I really like it. But you've got some that's I'll have that's, to show you that's some been examples. the one nice thing about blogging for you is it's given you some really cool t shirts nobody else has. Well it's given me um access to some cool companies that I would not know exist. Yeah, and yeah. it's one of my favorite things to tell my readers about some of these cool companies. because yeah. that's Christian T-shirts now can be so much more interesting. I think yeah. because they don't have to make so many of them, and you can get you can get them in so many different. Well, and T-shirts are a really hip thing right now. Yeah, T-shirts are a booming business. I just wish I looked better in them. You look good in T-shirts. Uh, just you know, I, I need biceps. I need to do something about that, like work out. You're 43. You don't need oh, biceps. I'm, I'm, and I'm, you know. I tried to mow the yard today, and I ran out of gas. Physically, <laughs> had plenty in the tank. Literally, I know but, that's hard. So anyway, you've got your sola fide shirt, and we say it's faith alone that saves. Like we believe that. That's a very important thing about being, you know, a Christian. And if you go to a church where they tell you that something else has to be added to faith to be saved. 
then you're going to a false church with a false gospel, and you should go find a real one. Because yeah. anytime someone says, yeah, you have to believe and, mm-hmm. then don't go there because yeah. it's got a false gospel. So we know sola fide, faith alone. We, yeah. we, we know it all hinges upon that because we're having faith in what Christ has done. It's, it's, we're trusting in the promise of what Jesus has done, sola fide. But even though saving faith is always what saves us alone, Saving faith is never alone. It's always accompanied by faithfulness, love, mm. joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self control. Yeah. It's all always, it's always accompanied by those things because those are the things that faith brings about as our nature changes. Right. That it brings about faithfulness to Christ. We know that we've come to know Him if we obey His commands. That's not the saying that His commands are are the 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 basis of our justification and salvation in Christ. But what it is saying is. Or what they would say, it's never the faith is never alone. It's always going to be a comp- so that 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 stuff that comes along with your faith. The kids need to be seeing that, yeah, because then they they know what a transformed life looks like. Exactly. I wanted to take the opportunity on this podcast to talk about something that I think would be helpful to y'all, and has been helpful to me. And it's a project that I got to work on with Tim Challies. And it's a little book, and it's called Devoted, Great Men and Their Godly Moms. And the book is basically the story of all of these kind of well-known Christian leaders. You've got John Newton, John Piper, Charles Spurgeon, Moody, and a bunch of different, you know, pastors and missionaries. And it's the story of how their mothers so greatly influenced them and their faith. And I really loved working on this because the stories are so, so inspiring and convicting. But if you want to see examples of how living out an authentic Christian life has influenced children, you will be so inspired by this book. I really think God is going to use it to uh, teach a lot of parents the importance of living an authentic Christian life. And Eunice and Lois are in there. Yes, they they are. They are. They're in the very last chapter. But um, I'll put a link to where you can get this book on Amazon. But I think, I honestly think every mother should read it. And I'm not just saying that because I got the honor of working on it with him. I really think that it's an important book. And I think that you will be really moved. And you'll really love it if you'll read it. Not just women either. I think men will like it as well. <clears throat> That's good. And it was exciting for you to be able to go through those. And I remember as you were writing it, you said, this is amazing. Like, this is so inspiring to just think how these moms, who even the ones who didn't live very long, yeah. you know, that, that when they died, when their children were relatively young, had such a major impact on the kingdom. Not by doing anything other than just the ordinary things that Christians do. Yeah. So, I mean, an ordinary Christian life is the most powerful life. It's the most powerful witness. And you can't tell what the impact is going to be. Yeah. All of these women in this book were mothers who were raising their children, doing the laundry, cooking the dinners. And yet they impacted their sons in such enormous ways spiritually that these men went on to do great things for the Lord and recognize that their mothers had had such a huge impact in making that happen through their prayers, through their teaching, and just through the way they live their lives. Awesome. 
Well, I think we've gone about over time. Okay. So it's been a good, it's been a good little bloggy podcast with you. I've enjoyed it. And looking forward to tomorrow preaching. Yeah. And this, I guess there won't be another thirty-one for thirty-one. That's on a on a Saturday night. You're right. Yeah. This it's is the last it. one, unless we just feel like Saturday night podcasting sometime in the future. <laughs> so. Anyway, there's some exciting things in the works. You'll need to keep listening. We're just going to have an exciting announcement. When will the exciting announcement be? Um, About our 100th episode. Oh, is that what it is? Is that what yeah, you're, yeah, you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, The 100th episode. <laughs> We're going to do something big for our 100th episode. I've been working on it all day, and I'm so excited about it. So we'll be letting you in on that as we get a little bit closer. And so our plan, even though we're not going to podcast every night, we will be we're doing this to train ourselves to podcast more frequently. Yeah. So it shouldn't take us till January to get to episode 100. <laughs> Definitely not. And it wouldn't be bad if we just said, hey, let's do a week and emphasis on this or that. Yeah. So we, we're, we're learning all sorts of exciting um, ways that we could minister and reach out which is our our goal and our desire. If you have ideas for topics like this 31 for 31 that you would like to see us do, we're always open to ideas. Mm -hmm. So please message us or comment and let us know. As long as they're good ideas. And thank you all so much for listening and sticking with us through this. It's really fun to know that you're out there. It's so fun. Y'all are my favorite thing about life right now. Okay, maybe not. Maybe that was hyperbole. (laughs) But you're at least, like, I think of this podcast, it's at least 10th on the list. Wow, that's special. Yeah. I got a lot on my list. Yeah. But this is one of the greatest things. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.